All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this Sunday Kundalini Zoom uh, from the Kundalini Awakening exclamation points on Facebook. Today, I want to talk about relationships. Relationships in the Kundalini. It can be a, a rugged path. What you have experienced uh, up to this point with regards to a relationship that is already established or a relationship that is in the process of being established, you know, Kundalini changes everything. It changes everything in your environment, your inner environment, your outer environment, and relationships is a part of the environment that will be changed. Because you have Kundalini, because you have Kundalini, you'll be the one that is flexible typically, not all the time. But typically, you'll be the one that's flexible. You'll be the one that will give. You'll be the one that will bend. The other person won't. Often. You'll be the one that is willing to sacrifice. And I have to tell you straight up right now, Kundalini may not always allow that. Kundalini may not always allow you to be the flexible one. Your life has been changed, radically altered because of the Kundalini activation or awakening. And there is no going back. You can't go back to the, to the little hubby or the little wifey that you once were. Okay. And this is, this, believe it or not, this causes extreme emotional upset in a lot of people. There are people right now going through the Kundalini that are having a spouse actively uh, become sarcastic with kundalini phenomena to make fun of the spouse that is having the kundalini to ridicule them okay that's okay <laughs> the kundalini doesn't mind if you get ridiculed I mean that's just good ego balancing practices right so you don't you don't worry about that but when the sanctity of the relationship begins to go downhill when the spouse or the boyfriend or girlfriend uh, begin to uh, actively attack the kundalini that's when things can get pretty rough and eventually the kundalini will dissolve that relationship. I don't care if you've been married for 50 years. She will dissolve it. And she'll dissolve it quickly. And you, you will have this sensation of necessity rather than loss. You will feel the necessity of it. You won't necessarily feel the heartbreak. Now, don't get me wrong. If the kundalini wants you to feel a heartbreak, well, you'll feel that heartbreak. You will feel a heartbreak, okay? But if this is a, 
a, a correction within your field of experience with regards to the kundalini and you have somebody that is constantly invalidating your kundalini, invalidating your kriyas, invalidating the many different symptoms that a person has, the kundalini will end that relationship. It will end that marriage. And the children and, the, and the, your friends, family, whatever, they will all be affected. And it's just, it is what must happen sometimes. Okay. There's been a lot of pressure put on relationships lately. Can you hear? Okay. Is this sound coming through? Okay. All right. There's been a lot of pressure on relationships lately. This is, uh, this is June 12th, 2022. Uh, we've just come out of two years of pandemic uh, responding. And that pandemic response has caused us to depend on one another a lot more. It's caused us to appreciate the life and the friendships and the relationships that we have engaged in. It's caused us also a lot of fear, a lot of fear of the unknown. I mean, how many of you have been able to see a virus lately? Anybody? <laughs> so, you, you know, the only thing that you can really say about seeing a virus is you can see the artistic mock-up that they put on the internet or on television. That's it. You know, basically a, a spherical shape with a little... Uh, hooks all over the top of it and that's not necessarily how they look that's just how people envision it so the thing is we have been inundated with with some panic with some desperation and with a lot of fear because of the uh, covid pandemic and now you add to that your kundalini symptoms coming on and and you can only imagine what your what your boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, relationship partner are going through when they see you have Kriyas on the floor and they don't know what to do. You add that in to all the different levels of pressure that people have been enduring the past two years, and it starts to add up to a, an emotional disaster for people. We don't have... Uh, an outlet or an understanding of kundalini symptom. We don't have that. We don't have uh, government mandated policies that allow us to, to feel like our lives are in control uh, due to kundalini. Science doesn't recognize kundalini. The government doesn't publicly recognize kundalini. Religious leaders will not recognize kundalini but those of us who have the kundalini have no choice in its recognition and those of us who are in relationship with the kundalini person have no choice typically in recognizing the kundalini and, and, and dealing with it and working with it and not going into crazy levels of fear because of it, and this is what's happening in some relationships, okay? 
And the Kundalini person will try to hang on to it because they don't want to cause pain to anybody. They don't want anybody's heart broken. But the Kundalini within them will say, this is, this is done. This is finished. You need to move on. And I'm going to also suggest that for you if you're having this happen, if you're having this occur in your life. And I'm talking to the thousands of people that may end up listening to this podcast and you have the Kundalini and you feel your relationship is falling apart. And that's because it is falling apart and it's not falling apart uh, accidentally. It's not falling apart accidentally. It's falling, it's falling apart on purpose because it needs to fall apart. <coughs> John, John, can you take your mic off, please? John? Oh. Thank you. It needs to fall apart. There's a great need. There's a great need for you, the individual, to be outside of the mundane level of relationship that is commonly understood to be. Now, it doesn't happen this way to every relationship. There are, there are those couples who can just kind of like deal with it. You know, one spouse won't really understand it, but uh, they're not going to put a lot of pressure on the Kundalini person. You know, if, you, if, you, if, if they've been able to handle Kriyas or any of the other phenomena that a person has, and they're just kind of like taking it as it goes, that's not a bad thing. That'll work. That'll work. There's no guarantee that the relationship is going to fragment because you have kundalini, but it does occur. And they may not agree with the kundalini. Your, your spouse, your relationship partner may not agree with the kundalini, may not agree with the wisdom that it gives you, may not certainly agree with some of the physical and emotional uh, symptoms that it gives you. You know, like kriyas. Uh, kriyas can happen within the emotional body and the physical body. This is what the uh, MDs will call the bipolar uh, symptoms. You know, you're really, really happy or you're really, really sad in a very short period of time. And these are just the, the stretching of the, po uh, of the poles of activity within the Kundalini person. You know, if, if your poles of activity are six inches apart, well, the Kundalini takes them miles apart. Okay, this is the expansion that the Kundalini does to the human system. And so for some relationships, this is going to be too much. This will be way too much of an expansion and they won't be able to keep up with it. They won't be able to deal with it. They will, you know, it will have to go, but not everybody will have this. Two thirds, this is just a rough, rough estimate. Two-thirds uh, will have the relationship diminish. Uh, One-third, it won't, it won't in, 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 uh, get in the way of the relationship at all. Everybody knows it. I mean, you know, the spouse will see you going through Kriyas. 
uh, he or she will, will, you know, will experience right along with you from an outside perspective, the manifestation of Kundalini within and upon your body, but, you know, they'll be able to handle it. I suggest that you educate your spouse, educate your boyfriend, girlfriend, educate them, let them know that this is Kundalini, let them know what the uh, symptoms of Kundalini are, the spontaneous movements, the mudras, the even all the way, you know, to the animal noises that a person can make and the, the you know, the different faces that the face will be contorted into. I mean, <laughs> you can be positive with it. It doesn't have to be a scary thing, you know? So I strongly urge uh, all of you to, to talk to your spouse or your relationship partner about it unless you think they're gonna to go to uh, the medical authorities. If you think they're gonna to go to the medical authorities, you are, you are not to talk about that, about the Kundalini with them. And that is probably a relationship that will, will end. Okay, if, if uh, the Kundalini understands your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, relationship partner is going to have you incarcerated into a psychiatric treatment facility or a psych ward, that, that relationship is not going to, to be able to withstand that. Um, don't, talk, don't talk to those people. Don't talk to someone who uh, would do that to you, even if they thought they were doing it uh, to help you. Okay, this, this would be, you know, a big mistake. So if you think that your spouse or relationship partner can handle the information about the Kundalini, about the different phenomena, about seeing entities, you know, there's a right there that is a huge reality fragmenting ideology and experience. It's one thing to see it. It's one thing for you, the Kundalini person, to see it occur. To, to see that head come through a wall or to see that floating uh, entity in front of you doing its very best to scare you or frighten you or corrupt you in some way. It's one thing to do to, to, for you to see it. It's another thing for someone that is not having Kundalini to listen to your description. Oh my God. That's what they're gonna think. They won't say that to you. They may not even show it on their face, but they will be reaching for that phone. They will be punching in 911, baby. <laughs> so you got to be aware of that. You have got to be aware of that. And you have got to protect your Kundalini activation and awakening. You've got to protect it by being quiet about it. If, you're, if you don't feel that your spouse or relationship partner can have it, uh, or conversely be, you know, talking with them about educating them about it so that they can begin to understand what is happening with you. You love them. They love you. They want you to stay healthy and happy. You want them to be healthy and happy. So you educate them about it. Or, uh, you know, the relationship is, is going to terminate. And it won't be you doing this. 
it'll be the kundalini doing this. It can turn you or it can turn that relationship partner right around within the emotional body. Kundalini has total, complete control over all five expressions of the human system. The mental expression, the physical expression, the psychological uh, expression, the emotional expression, the spiritual expression, all of these expressions are in complete, total control of the Kundalini. And it can manipulate them at will in order to achieve uh, who's here? Gary. Gary, can you turn that mic off? Thank you. <laughs> who's here? <laughs> All right. So it will definitely manipulate um, a person's expression and response when it comes to the Kundalini. And sometimes it's really nice. Sometimes you get a spouse or a relationship partner that is totally supportive and can really help you uh, have the Kundalini. So for instance, like let's just say two Kundalini activating people come together, they can compare notes, they can compare symptoms. It's really nice. The problem with that is, is there's not that many Kundalini people walking around within the, the populations. It's not that common. Okay, and that's one of the reasons why it's not so uh, embraced by science or the medical authorities, because it's not happening to a majority of the population. It, you know, it's an extreme minority of the, of the population that will have this. I mean, extreme minority. At this moment, you know, there, you know, there could be like two or three million people worldwide having this. And you think, wow, God, you, didn't you just say the million word? Yes, yes, I did say the million word, but they are spread out. And because of the unacceptability of the Kundalini, nobody's talking about it. Very few, very few. I'm talking about it. Some of you are talking about it. But other people, pretty much, they don't want to hear that, you know, you can see a disembodied head thrust itself through a wall while you're watching TV. They don't, want to, they don't want to hear that. That The whole entity paradigm is completely disruptive to a person's reality matrix. And this is very, very, very important for you to understand. So you don't say, oh, honey, I just saw a disembodied head come through the wall. <laughs> it was over there next to the next to the light in the living room. I'm just saying, <laughs> you, know what? you don't wanna do that because it, they might just kind of laugh right along with you with a, you know, with a normal look on their face, but inside their mind they're being, oh no, my beautiful, beautiful boyfriend or girlfriend has just started to go off the deep end. What do I do? I'm gonna call my mom they call their mom or their dad and they say, hey, you know, they said this and mom or dad go, oh, oh, psychiatric treatment facility. Maybe some good medicine can help them through this. And, you know, then you start going down this long pathway of, uh, of loved ones doing their best to help you, 
when in fact they're doing a lot to hurt you because they don't understand it. And so it's kind of a catch-22 with, with the Kundalini person. Do you tell someone or do you not? You have to make that determination. Don't go into it through fear. You don't want to, to tell your spouse, it's like, oh, honey, oh, my God, I saw this disembodied head fall through the ceiling, and it was staring at me, and there was, like, saliva drooling off its really, really sharp teeth, and it, there was this odor associated with it, and it was blue, and it was, like, threatening you and threatening me and you know don't 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 tell them that and certainly don't tell a medical authority that like a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a counselor the people who don't have kundalini cannot understand those who do because the reality matrix of most people on this world will not allow that to fit in now it, it's not uh, uh, you know, like they couldn't have it if they were supported by it through their government. So you take uh, you take a tribe called the Sinoi, the Sinoi tribe. You know, they they're really into the into the dream interpretation. They they live their life based upon their dream interpretations. And if you if you read Patricia Garfield's book about uh, lucid dreaming, and I forget the title of it, but her name. But, Patricia Garfield, and she wrote this book many years ago. Uh, and she mentions the Sonoy tribe and how they every morning get together and everybody discusses their dreams. So within the dream life, uh, people can experience these types of entities. And, you know, they'll have specific uh, levels of support uh, for the members of the tribe that are, you know, seeing entities per se. Now, that could happen here in the United States and in other Western developed countries, but it doesn't, and it's not happening. Okay, what is happening is people are being medically and chemically incarcerated into facilities and drugs that don't allow them to have this naturally, that don't offer any kind of support system for them. Okay, and this is what is happening. And so this is what I want to help you be protected from. You might hear some tapping in the background. That's Mr. Crow. Mr. Crow is busy doing what he likes to do. <laughs> okay. All right, I, I, should, I should probably get him out and give him a tortilla chip. He likes those. Anyway. This is what occurs and can occur when you begin to have the Kundalini around people who are not in understanding of it, they're ignorant of it, and they will make ignorant choices on your behalf if you allow that to occur. Now, for a lot of you that are having the Kundalini, one of the main functions that the Kundalini will initiate upon you is uh, you'll be taken out of any and all relationships. You'll be isolated. She will keep you in your flat or your apartment or your home, and you won't have <laughs> visitation privileges. <laughs> she will keep you in a sacred vessel of social silence. 
And let me tell you, social distancing for COVID has nothing on what the Kundalini does for social distancing. <laughs> you will see nobody, okay? You, you can see a butterfly. You can see a squirrel. You can see a cat or a dog, but you won't see other people. She won't let you. She, she'll drive them away from you or drive you away from them or both. That's the other option. And that's not a bad option. That, that is an option that really, really gives you full permission to experience the full range of kundalini development. Okay, and I have uh, three students that are actively currently in this type of a star chamber. Now, I mentioned a star chamber last week, and I want to uh, mention it again here. <laughs> Just a second. Mr. Crow is calling. All right, he got his corn chips. I kind of lost my train here. You have to understand that when I do these podcasts, I guess is what we're calling this now, it's a podcast. Um, I am in a zone of reception from the grace within. And she she organizes how things are said, what is said, and any of the responses to any questions that may come. And so for me, I have to kind of get back into that zone. It, it won't take long, but you know, it can. It is a thing that I have to mention for you. So So this star chamber, the star chamber is a chamber uh, that we use as a, as, a, as a symbol of being in a place where Kundalini can apply pressure from all sides, from front, back, right, left, up, and down, okay? And this star chamber uh, sometimes requires that you be completely alone. Sometimes you won't even be allowed to have a teacher because the Kundalini will teach you directly and she will put you into those Kriyas. She will put you into uh, the various levels of expression that, the, that, that she wants you to have. Sacred mother, that's why I'm, I'm genderizing it. You have sacred mother, you have sacred father during the activation stages. It's typically sacred mother that is training the person. Okay, Sacred Father also has uh, his, his say and his hand in it during all phases, but for the most part, as above, so below, and as above, so below means that Sacred Feminine will gestate the child. Okay, she will gestate that child. 
sacred feminine is Mother Nature. She is uh, 50% of the Kundalini equation. Sacred Father, once again, will have his hand in things. Uh, but especially during the activation, it is Sacred Mother that does much of the work, most of the work. Okay. Uh, that's, that's part of the gestation. Okay, the activation sequences are part of the gestation. The awakening sequences are completely different. When you go into an awakening, Sacred Mother and Sacred Father have joined together within the individual, and that changes everything. But during the activation, as strange as that may be, we still can uh, operate from somewhat of a linear uh, standpoint, uh, a linear understanding. And that's what the star chamber allows us to experience. The star chamber is your flat, your room, your apartment, your trailer, your house, your caravan, as some people call it. It's any, it could be a cave. I mean, as long as the Kundalini puts you there and doesn't allow people to come see you and doesn't allow you to go see people, you still have the opportunity to have a job. Each one of my students that are inside of a star chamber, they have employment. They're having to deal with normal society, normal for, for their country, society, as crazy and, and <laughs> difficult as that may be. You know, they are allowed to do that, but they're not allowed to bring home friends. They're not allowed to have a relationship. Okay. If they've been doing this long enough, then sometimes she'll let them go out and do things with family and a, and a limited number of friends. I have one student who is allowed to do that. Okay. But for the most part, she wants you alone. She wants you in a position where you can be completely manipulated by the grace that is, that is refining itself within you. And so this, this doesn't include a relationship. Uh, the main relationship that the person is allowed to have is with the Kundalini itself. Or if you have a teacher, then with that teacher. Okay, so that's another aspect of the relationship uh, equation when it comes to Kundalini. You can be supported by your relationship partner. You can be unsupported by your relationship partner. The Kundalini will force you to terminate the relationship. Or the, the Kundalini won't even allow you to start a relationship. And she will keep you all by yourself. Uh, and yet still within society. You'll still live in society. You'll still pay your rent. You'll still have to buy food. You'll still have to buy petrol if you have a car. You can still drive a car, some of you. So not all things fall off the wagon as far as normal behaviors for society. She doesn't. She wants you to survive in society or she'd take you out of society. She would take you out of society and she would implant you somewhere in the wilderness. And this has happened. Many, many people in India especially the men, the men in India, 
because it's a it's a patriarchal society. They'll get the Kundalini. They'll try to get the Kundalini, and they'll you know they'll finally get the Kundalini, and they begin to wind up their businesses. They begin to wind everything up so that the families that that they are now going to leave are able to sustain themselves. They will take away all their possessions. They will they will liquidate their possessions and they will walk, some of them naked, straight into the jungle, never to be seen again. That's also a star chamber. Nature itself as your flat or your apartment. Okay. This also happens. <coughs> This happens quite a bit. Now in India, even with the support of society, I mean, there is and there is not support currently at this time in India for Kundalini. India has been so westernized by the British occupation that, you know, a lot of the populations are, are kind of torn between the traditional uh, Hindu-based understandings and the non-traditional Western-based understanding. So it vacillates between, you know, those poles of experience. Here in the United States, there is no pole of experience. <laughs> Nobody supports it here. Nobody supports it here. So if you live in, the, in New York or California, I'm in Northern California right now. Uh, you, If you have the Kundalini, you pretty much want to be very, very careful who you tell about it. Very, very careful. You don't want to have somebody do a, what do they call that, an intercession or, or, you know, something where a couple of relatives and friends get together and decide that it's time for the psych ward. Okay. You don't want to do that. You don't want to have that experience. All right, so I'm gonna open the floor for any questions that you might have about this. Anybody having relationship issues? Do all your spouses totally understand this and accept this? And it's like, oh, lovely. Thank you for having the Kundalini in our relationship. <laughs> Not everybody wants to talk about that. Evidently, okay. Now, if you are a single person and you know you have the Kundalini and you know, you're on a Zoom like this where you can see other Kundalini people, look at these beautiful people, these attractive, beautiful people, you know, and you hook up with another Kundalini person. Well, you have to be accepting of their position within the Kundalini. You can't try to change them or you can't try to go back into normal, mundane relationship mode. In other words, you're not allowed to get jealous if they decide to talk with another gender. You're not, you don't want to replicate mundane expressions that will be amplified by the Kundalini. You don't want to do that. So when you're, when you're you know, looking at the possibility of, of, of dating or getting to know another kundalini person, adopt the noble qualities, the noble behavioral expressions, such as not being jealous, not being competitive, 
trusting the kundalini, trusting the other person, surrendering to whatever kind of phenomena that they're going through. Uh, keep in mind, you know, what the symptoms are. Keep in mind what entity intrusion into the emotional body is. You see, it opens the human being up to so many new variations of experience and expression within the lifetime of the individual. And it contradicts a lot of mundane uh, behavioral expression. You don't get to be jealous, for instance. Jealousy is a huge thing. Uh, people die from jealousy every day. You won't necessarily be allowed to have a heartbreak unless that's what you need to have. You know, and then there are merging realities coming in. Merging realities. What do you think that is? A merging reality. Well, let me help you with that. Uh, back in the, uh, I think it's about 8,000 years ago in Ireland, there was a population of people, I guess uh, they weren't really people, but they were people as we would see them. And they were called the Tua, Tua de Danan. Now I was made aware of the Tua de Danan uh, about 40 years ago, and I'm, I'm really old right now, so, so about 40 years ago, before I started uh, uh, teaching Kundalini and any of that, I was, a made, I was made aware of the Tua de Danan. The Tua de Danan were a population of people that occupied the island of Ireland for uh, a number of years. Matter of fact, uh, according to some of the legends, they have not left. They've just slipped into another reality. Okay, they can go back and forth. And these, this population, they, you know, they, they had the ability to control weather. They had the ability to make metal sentient. To make metal sentient. So uh, they could put a consciousness inside of a sword or an axe or a helmet or a spoon, whatever, whatever they decided to, to do that with. And that consciousness would, would stay with that metal object. Uh, you could almost see, see it as a talisman. And many, many legends grew up around these abilities. And, and the Tua de Danan, they, they had these special gifts. Many of these gifts correlate with Kundalini symptoms with kundalini siddic skills, such as flying, flying through the air, or, or, or um, uh, being able to, to set things on fire with just the use of, of the mind or the, uh, the skill set that the kundalini gives people. And the Tua Dei Danan, they eventually receded into history uh, when they were defeated by another group of individuals that represent more mundane humanity. Okay, and, and, so, and, and so the story goes, it's like the continuous evolution. Um, right now, we have different 
societies that interplex with this reality. And some of you might uh, call them the elves or the fairies or the pixies or the brownies or the dwarves or the kanichis. Um, there are many names that pretty much describe the same thing. And these are currently interplexing with our society. Okay. And sometimes some Kundalini people can experience them directly. I know I did. I'm not going to lie to you and say, oh, I've never seen these things. Well, I have seen these things and I know they are real. And so have others. So have others. You, you have some people that are interacting every day with these other realities. Every day. Okay. And you just don't speak of them because, you know, what is the psychiatrist going to say when you say, yes, doctor, I've been seeing elves in the morning and they're showing me how to astral project. Yes, Dr. Anthony, I saw that smile. So <laughs> that's probably not going to end well for you. <laughs> okay. I mean, you'll be, you'll be chemically constrained from having those experiences anymore. So, so the situation is, is, this is the lay of the land here in the, in the developed, in the developed uh, countries. This is the lay of the land, and this is what you have to be aware of uh, as you experience your Kundalini. And you know, should you mention it to other people or should you, should you, you know, take out a microphone and broadcast your, your experience, you know, to everyone? Probably not a good idea. Not everybody's in my position. You know, here I am. <laughs> I just said, oh yeah, it's the elves and fairies. You know, that, that, that automatically places a judgment on me from those who will listen to this podcast as a crazy person, as somebody who was maybe 5150. Okay, I get that. I get it. And I don't really care what people think. I've kind of moved beyond that paradigm. But I know that some of the other Kundalini people will have this experience as well. For those Kundalini people that get lost in the jungle or in the forest, these... Uh, shall we call them allies, allies in the sense of they, they will help you find food, they will help you find water, um, they will come to your shelter, they will converse with you in, in strange and diverse ways. Uh, this may be on the edge of Western mindset, Western acceptability, but not everybody's in the West. Okay, the, the Aborigines of the various continents are not necessarily tied to the West and they have a direct uh, interaction with these other realities and it is a fact for them. It's only not a fact for people who refuse the facts. You know, if you look at everything from the narrow window of science, you know, being able to measure it, prove it, replicate it, control it in some way. 
then your learning curve is going to be extremely slow. Whereas with Kundalini, the learning curve is extremely rapid. And so as we move on with our conversation with relationship, let's talk about our relationship with the Kundalini itself, with Sacred Mother. As I've mentioned in other uh, Zoom programs, I've been doing the Zoom programs for I think uh, maybe two and a half years now, and I typically don't record them. This one, however, is being recorded. So for those of you that don't want to be recorded, they don't want you don't want anybody to know you're here. I totally understand that. Don't mention your name. You may have noticed that I have not mentioned anybody's name so much. And if it has been, it's just been a first name. Okay. I respect your privacy. <laughs> so your relationship with the Kundalini uh, is the most rela important relationship you will have. It goes beyond your spouse. It goes beyond your family. Your relationship with your kundalini is the most important thing for you right now. And that involves levels of surrender. In order to surrender to the kundalini, you have to, first of all, have it. Not just wanting it, but have it. If you want to have the kundalini, well, then you can do certain things to, to initiate that process. But once that process is happening, you have got to surrender yourself completely to it. And that's easy to say. That is an easy statement to say. Oh, surrender to the Kundalini. It's an extremely difficult thing to do while you are living in egotistical society. Egotistical society is another word for, for mundane society. Okay. To be egoless inside of an ego-saturated environment. Think about that. Think about that as you get on the freeway and you're jockeying for a position to get into that right-hand lane off of 101 northbound, <laughs> California. You know, as, as you're trying to move in and people are speeding up to cut you off so you can't get in. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a jungle on the pavement out there. It's, it's a pavement jungle. You know, and, and how people will just walk past another person having a medical disability on the sidewalk or, you know, drive past an accident, you know, hoping to see blood on the pavement. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, welcome. Welcome to the Western world. So as you have the relationship with your Kundalini, she understands fully what you're dealing with. She is very clear, Sacred Mother is very clear on what you're dealing with when it comes to living in an ego-saturated environment at the same time that she is teaching you not to have egotism. Okay, not to have egotism. I, I need to warn you that the dogs may bark. They, they may bark. I may have to close that door, but it's so hot here today. So 
you will be thrust inside of a social paradigm of pornography, of competition, of jealousy, of revenge, of uh, corruption. At the same time, she'll, she'll be saying, don't be corrupt. Don't allow yourself to fall into corruption. As you watch all of this happening around you, you know, if, if, you're in, if, if you're living in Romania right now and you just kind of like look across the border in, in, into uh, Ukraine, uh, you can see some of the worst qualities of human uh, expression uh, entertained. Okay. And you can wonder, well, am I next? Is, is Romania next? Well, you know, so we'll, you know, we still have yet to see what's next for the country bordering uh, this type of a, uh, of a war. And, and so it's very, very important for you to be able to distance yourself mentally and emotionally and spiritually uh, from the levels of corruption that surround you. Don't respond to the pornography at all. And sometimes uh, the Kundalini will help you with that. She will totally remove your sexual expression. You will become asexual, meaning you don't have sex. And furthermore, you don't have interest in sex. And people just can't understand that. The people around you, just, you know, if you're not in a star chamber, the people around you just they're not going to get that. Just, what do you mean? You know, you don't want to do that. So, so yeah, she will totally remove any trace of libido that you might have. And on the other end of the, of the spectrum, she'll increase your libido beyond, beyond what you could ever have managed to do through drugs or pornography or whatever level of, of uh, sexual uh, uh, engorgement you could you could provide for yourself okay she'll she'll walk you between those two those two uh, poles in the spectrum of human expression If she has given you a teacher and the teacher says, okay, you're not going to see anybody, you're not going to date anybody, you're not going to do anything, you're just going to do the kundalini work. Well, that takes care of, of having a relationship and therefore having any kind of sexual expression. That takes care of that. And that also allows for the whole, I, I'm mentioning this because the sex is the big thing in the Western society. Sex is the big deal. Right? This is what everybody wants to have, some form of sex one way or the other. And so I'm mentioning this because it drives to the heart of the Western addiction to sexual expression. Okay. Uh, and that, that sexual addiction uh, comes across many different forms. And, uh, strong levels of competition, strong levels of aggression. Uh, strong levels of domination, strong levels of victimization. So I mentioned that because it covers many different areas. So you won't be allowed to have sex or 
she'll compel you to have as much sex as, you know, uh, 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 <laughs> you know, a thousand people in one person, you know, having sex beyond the, beyond what you could have actually even try to attempt. And this increases the, the, the poles of experience within the Kundalini spectrum. And this is actually a, a method she uses often within the Kundalini symptoms that she'll, she'll give the person uh, a huge, uh, within the sexual context, a huge, huge libidinous drive. And that drive will take them over to some degree. And they may try to, to, to satisfy that. There's no satisfying of it. It's an endless type of thing and until she puts a stop to it. And she will. She'll put a stop to it. And then she'll stop it completely. And you'll be, you'll be off to the doctors going, oh, my God, I think I have ED or you know, what happened to my psychological profile with regards to sexual expression? And, and uh, nothing is wrong. There's nothing wrong. You don't have ED. You don't have a problem in any way, shape, or form. She just turned it off for you. She does not want that to uh, disrupt the process that she currently has you going through. And a lot of that process has to do with your relationship to Kundalini, your relationship to the other uh, interplexing realities that you're coming in contact with. That's what it's working on right now within you. Okay. So take that and know that and feel that and let your own Kundalini confirm what I'm telling you. Don't just take my word for it. Talk with your kundalini. You can talk to her the same way I'm speaking with you right now. She hears every thought, every word that you, that you think and say. Don't be afraid to have that conversation. Just kind of do it in your car, in the shower, or somewhere where other people don't necessarily notice. Or These days, it looks like you're talking on a cell phone, so feel free. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Kundalini has always been hands-free. You can use it while you drive. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving deeper into the relationship, the Kundalini, the levels of surrender will also have to deepen. When you're outside of the star chamber, you're inside of society, the matrix of society. And when you're inside the matrix of society, you have to use everything that society offers you as a way to help you train and retrain your mind to support the Kundalini. Okay, so you look at the, the competition on the freeways here in the United States. You look at the competition on the motorways in, in Europe. And you look at these levels of competition and you know what not to do. You know how not to be. Or conversely, you know how to be. You know how to get around. You know how to manifest 
your kundalini uh, equation within the societies of ignorance. You know, we have people right now who live in the most, one of the most congested cities in the world, New York City, okay? New York City is built up as opposed to being built out. And these, you know, people live on the 38th floor or the 27th floor, whatever it may be. And, you know, you look out and you can see the little people on the streets like little ants walking around, you know, and, and this is where you live and breathe and have your kundalini experiences right now okay this is this is this is allowed she she's so multi-pro multi-platformed you know you can live on a sailboat in Sausalito or you can live on a high-rise in New York City or you can live uh in West Texas on, on the plains of the Texas Panhandle driving your pickup across the prairie. Okay. <laughs> you could live in Northern California. You know, she, these are all completely different uh, societal fragments that I'm describing right now. Okay. Uh, typically people from Northern California differ uh, slightly from people in Southern California. People in California in general uh, are, are somewhat different from people in Texas or somewhat different from people in Pennsylvania, New York. You know, we can all get along. We can all kind of like speak the same language, but, you know, behaviorally, we have different uh, reference points. And that's fine. That's good. Vive la différence, as they say in France, right? Vive la différence. Uh, this is good. This is a good thing. Uh, but it gives us different levels of expectation from each other. And when you're in society outside of a star chamber, uh, you have to use all the different experiences that people from different behavioral reference points will offer you. So uh, if you got a Northern California person meeting up with the Texan and Texans going, hey there, son, why don't you check out this 45 revolver I got here? I got it for sale. I can I can give it to you at a really good price. Well, the person in North California is going, oh, I don't believe in guns. <laughs> I don't believe in guns. I don't I don't believe in, in that type of thing. And and so uh, immediately there's a, a a separation of reference points uh, from the Texas person and the California person. Okay, uh, and I'm not going to say all Texans are, you know, trying to sell you a, a 45. What I am saying, and not all Californians are against guns, but what I'm saying, generally speaking, generally speaking, uh, you know, this type of a, of a conversation can occur. And within that occurrence, you, the Kundalini person, need to make certain decisions in how you're going to behave. Are you going to be polite? Are you going to pol politely decline? Are you going to show an interest? You know, what is it you, that you want to do? And what you must do within the Kundalini continuum is to be nice, be polite, be kind, be considerate. 
guns don't kill people. People holding guns kill people. Okay, it's like saying, uh, you know, let's let's limit teacups here because you know you could hit somebody on the head with a teacup. So, you know, it's 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 a level of personal responsibility that the Kundalini person has that forces them into levels of learning and discernment when they are thrust within the attitudes of uh, mundane society. And so, so with the three people that I have in a star chamber, they have to go to work. You know, they, they, you know, in some cases they work, you know, in the male dominated society in a male dominated environment and they have to work with these people and they have to work with the eccentricities of these people with the weaknesses and the aggressive tendencies of these people and it's hard because when you have a mundane person insert themselves in aggressive in, in an aggression a factor upon yourself at work the amplification of that reception from kundalini can be tremendous and that's on purpose. Okay, Sacred Mother will force you to receive that aggression in a very, very strong way. Because it pulls up from you any of the, any of the tendencies towards revenge or competition. It pulls it up out of you, brings it to the surface within you so that you can self-correct it immediately. And I'll do this with the students as well. I will wait until they are tired, until they are just drawn out, no energy. And I'll make them get up and do certain exercises just to gauge their level of resistance. Just to gauge their level of resistance. Are they complaining? I don't do it now you know like a little kid <laughs> do they complain do they resist i mean how do they respond do they immediately get up and, and 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 do whatever it is you know they're asked to do well the kundalini does the same thing she does the exact same thing okay and for those of you that have had this uh, occur for you will you understand what I'm talking about not everybody gets to have that but for those of you that are in a deep level of kundalini concentrated uh, insertion into your lives will you get to have that type of an experience learning to live with kundalini is learning to live with its response to the mundane society that you live in and Donnie asks, she says, does a relationship with a divine personality aid the Kundalini process or have, I guess, different effects? Let's see what that says. Or have a different effect than what it would be otherwise. A divine personality. Well, you know, what is a divine personality? What is that? What is a divine personality? Would that be Buddha? Would that be Jesus? Would that be Allah? Sai Baba, Jesus Krishna. Okay. Uh, it can 
it can yeah it can be it can be received as an aid you know walk in the footsteps of jesus you know you hear that a lot here in the states uh, walk in the footsteps of krishna you hear that a lot in india okay so so it's the same situation different name right a rose by any other name still smells as sweet so yeah if you're walking in the footsteps of jesus and you have the kundalini you're actually going to be compelled to walk in those footsteps as you understand them to be and as the kundalini teaches you to be and that means to be forgiving to have compassion to teach a person to fish rather than just giving them a fish okay to respond to a physical attack on you by offering your other cheek okay so this falls right in to a kundalini pattern of refinement so yeah it can definitely help a person if they take it seriously if they take it literally of course that doesn't mean you allow people to crucify you you don't allow people to damage you or to harm you okay you forgive them father for they know not what they do okay and you accept uh what <laughs> the aramaic uh interpretation of, of of i guess the bible or the written the the notes from the caves at Qumran. uh you she'll take you right to the to the truth of the matter she'll take you to those the the notes by the essenes she'll take you into into the levels of ancient uh christian writing that shows you the truth of the matter which will not necessarily uh, uh harmonize with what the church or the current religious authorities uh, teach that's what she did with me she took me straight to the truth and the truth of the matter is is that yes in in answer to your question yes having a relationship with a divine personage or a divine symbol can be very helpful to a person on the kundalini path as long as you surrender to the kundalini and you allow sacred feminine to show you that path show you the the krishna smile show you the footprints of jesus on the beach and how he expressed himself show how kuan yin expressed herself it's not all about guys okay it's not all about men you know you know there's plenty of women out there who do sacred holy work you know it's just through the patriarchal society that we don't uh invest a lot of uh reference points in in sacred feminine but she's there she's there she just look at the women around you on this zoom call these people have kundalini the kundalini is the highest level of power and of divine consciousness 
that a human being can have and hold while still being alive in a body. These women are not trophy wives. They are not hood ornaments for your car. Okay. They are divine feminine, sacred feminine. And they are incredibly powerful. You've got to understand that. You've got to realize that. You've got to honor that as part of your relationship with Kundalini. Look, you know, sacred feminine is the one she's she's working with you within the activation stage. You know, she's not Shiva's trophy wife. Okay, she's fully fifty percent of the equation. Fifty percent, half of the equation. She's not the whole equation, and he is not the whole equation, but together. They are the whole equation. And when you have the Kundalini in the awakened state, <laughs> that's the whole equation. And for those of you that have had that experience, you know, the spinal sweep and the, the convergence of the sacred feminine and sacred masculine, living with that within the mundane body becomes the new challenge. That becomes the new, whew, the new level of grace upon this world. And I've had this for 62 years now, and there's still so much further for me to go. So much. There is, while you're encased in flesh, there's always going to be further. You'll never reach the finish line. There is no finish line. The mountain gets taller as you walk up it. That's because the flesh is limited to a large degree. It's unlimited in other ways too. So for instance, the unlimited aspect of the flesh is doing what Sai Baba, I think his name did, is he increased the rotations of the atoms in his physical being he, he, he increased that rotation to the point where he went out of phase with the physical expression. In other words, he ascended and took his body with him, his physical body, so that he could slow down that uh, molecular atomic rotation and reappear at different time periods. Time is only a manifestation of human consciousness. It doesn't necessarily uh, follow scientific uh, expectation. And another question. I have a question about the Hyros Gamos <laughs> and its meaning for the new generations to come. Well, you go ahead and tell me what you think the Hyros Gamos is. Go ahead, Sophia. Um, when you talked about when you talked about the Tuata de Danan in Ireland, the Celtic people, um, I looked it up, and um, all the all the mythology about the the, the 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 magicians, the queens, the sorcerers, the priestesses, and so on, came from this kind of mythology. And I've read that um, when 
there was a new king who was, it, it was kind of part of his initiation to, of, of worthy king to have the sacred union, the sacred marriage with a goddess. And um, I'm wondering, so, so it is not only mythology. So in a, on an energetical level, this has happened, I guess. And right. do you think that when Kundalini people come together and do this on an energetical level, this will have implications on the new people to come? And I, I just, I just saw a few images like that. That um, it might sound a bit over the top, but th that that after uh, that a new cycle is starting, that these old mythologies are coming back but a new form and um, that, that we are kind of channeling the new children, the new generation, the new people. Yes, I, I don't disagree with that. I think that it's, uh, first of all, I want to compliment you on your, on, on your astute, your astute uh, research. Now, the Tua de Danan are not the progenitors of the Celtic or the Celtic people. Celtic people happened all over the place. They, they were just of the Northern European uh, area. Uh, but they were, for Ireland, a very specific group of individuals, a population, as were the Furbolog, the, the Furbolgs, the, uh, another race that inhabited I Ireland, as were the Milesians, which were another race that inhabited Ireland, and the Fomorian which was another race that inhabited Ireland. And they all had different qualities of, of uh, expression. If, you, if, you, if you're interested in this uh, level of history, historical uh, history of, of Ireland, look at the four masters. I think they're called that, the, the four masters. And, and just go four masters in Ireland and, and it'll come up with uh, information about that. Um, can I just quickly add, it's not it's not specifically Ireland I'm interested in. Actually, I'm more interested in parallels throughout the history of mankind because these kind of things come up again and again in a lot of cultures. They do. Uh, and um, the parallels is what was actually is super interesting because it's the mm -hmm. same stories in different, in different times and with different people. Right, and it happens over and over and over again. It, I mean, it's a, it's almost like a, uh, a long play, uh, continuous reminder of the truth. And so, there will always be a gravitation within humanity for sacred masculine and sacred feminine to, to come together and to come together within the individual. And you got to remember, uh, these people were also having kundalini. Kundalini is not, you know, something that just happens to the 20th century Western-oriented people. No, this has been happening throughout history. And it's been happening in all the cultures on this world, from Siberia to Western Europe to Asia to Africa, to South America, North America, Australia. I mean, it's been happening over and over and over. And the idea that Sophia correctly uh, associates with, with uh, being repeated is 
the sacred marriage. The kings of old would, uh, and we're talking like the Sumerian kings list, like Sargon the Great and, and these other kings, they would have, uh, it was commonplace for them to have uh, uh, sexual uh, interactions with goddess, with the sacred goddess, okay? This was, this was part of their responsibility was to have sexual congress which, with the goddess. And, you know, this has been repeated throughout history in the different cultures, the Babylonian culture, the same thing. Okay. You know, and some of the other cultures that we don't even know about, that one of them I'm being given was on the east, southeastern shore of the Black Sea. Starts with an S. I can't really get the pronunciation right right now. But they also, you know, had that system where you needed to, uh, if, if you had a queen, a, a matriarchal society, then she would need to have Congress with sacred masculine of a god quality. And the Greeks were doing the same thing. Okay, so this is happening over and over and over and over throughout society, and it's all designed to give people the teaching that they have both divine qualities within them. It's not necessarily about having sex with something external to yourself. Because Kundalini will insert itself upon you. whether you like it or not. And that means sexually, that means spiritually, that means emotionally, that means physically. Kundalini will insert itself upon you. If you're a woman, you'll be having sex with a God. If you're a man, you'll be having sex with a goddess. And that's typically how things go. That is the typical arrangement, gender-wise, okay? Because this is where the seed of life comes from. So when you're having sex with that god or goddess, and you reach that level of congress between the two of you, the spark of life, the spark that, that explodes within you as a kundalini activation or awakening can occur. Okay, this is a big deal. This is what you'll, many of you are being driven by your activation. You're being driven to do certain things. You're being pushed and forced and cajoled and, and manipulated into doing certain things that allow for the joining of sacred masculine and sacred feminine within you. And the same thing happened for the other societies of the past, of the historical societies. Same thing happened. Except they had more time to work on it. And they had less pleasure. They had less convenience. They had less complacency in many cases because they still had to find food, they still had to hunt, 
They still had to prepare. They still had to have uh, shelter, clothing, sustain uh, children. They still had to do that. But they didn't have electricity. So most of, in, in most cases, they weren't staying up all night long. Some, some were, you know, they used fire for, for light at night. Yes, Matt, I will, I will definitely come to that. Matter of fact, I'm coming to that right now. Uh, this is what the Kundalini compels you to do. But it, 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 it will compel you no matter what your outside circumstances are. it will compel you to do this. And one of the main considerations within that compelling is dealing with your karma. In order to have Kundalini awakening, you have had to reach a level of karmic purity. In other words, in all the lives that you've lived, you know, certain mistakes were made. Those mistakes need to be paid for. Nobody gets away with anything. Nobody gets away with any crime. Nobody gets away with anything. Because when you pass, you see what you did. And you see what you have to do in order to balance that scale. And life after life after life after life, some balances take longer to achieve than others. If you kill a person, that takes a long time to rectify, to balance. Okay. Uh, you know, if, if you mislead people or, you know, lie, cheat, steal, this takes longer to balance than, say, you know, if you accidentally didn't open the door for someone. <laughs> okay. So karmically, you have to reach a certain point. And this is why the, the question is, why aren't there so many more people activating in their kundalini? It's because it takes a while for karmic redemption to occur. That's why it's typically only a small portion of the population. Now, that's changing with the internet. That's changing with more uh, information about Kundalini coming forward. So more people than ever are coming into an activation. And yet, even with that, it is still a very, very small portion of the populations. Okay. So within the relationship context of the Kundalini, you know, there, a question has been asked. Can you speak about the heart and sacred marriage? Uh, the heart is definitely part of the sacred marriage. You feel the love. You feel. That's another thing that you feel that isn't commonly felt. But typically by Kundalini people, it is felt. You feel the royalty of it. You feel the, and that may not be the right word, but you feel the sacredness of it. You feel the specialness of it. And you cannot, you can't deny it. It, it is undeniable. If she wants you to, and supports you falling in love or having a relationship with somebody, 
then you're going to have it. That's part of the surrender. You're going to have it. And it is going to have you. And if you have problems, you're just going to have to work those out. You have to work those problems out. And that's part of the process as well, learning how to work these types of problems out. Uh, sacred heart, sacred divine merging within the heart. Uh, this is sometimes described as a sacred heart activation. And this generates a level of love and compassion and divine qualities of understanding that surpass uh, description really. Um, I'm doing my best right now, but it is, it's an incredible explosion of grace within a person. And it's not something that you can really describe. Um, and it's not something that ever goes away. It will recede for a time if you need to live more of a mundane life. But it's always there. It's always going to be present within the person's consciousness. And to some degree, you can, you can open yourself to have that occur. But to other degrees, it's going to occur because your kundalini wants it to occur, not because you want it to occur. You know, we're not prancing around looking for uh, soulmates or twin flames. Okay. This is not that. This is a divine incursion into the emotional body of the individual, using the emotional body as a pivot towards divine expression upon this world. A pivot. Okay. It's important for you to understand that. Because typically within the Kundalini uh, experience, uh, you're going to have this level happen to you. You'll fall in love with everything. You'll fall in love with the trash and the litter on the street. You'll fall in love with the mosquito biting you. You'll fall in love with the rainbow. You'll fall in love with, with everything on this world. Okay, this is part of the kundalini experience. This is why ahimsa becomes such a dominant factor in the person's expression. Because you're falling in love with everything. This is why you become a vegetarian. Because you want to kill anything, except you're killing the plants. Okay. This is the divine loving expression. You love every particle of life around you and within you. It's not just about you joining with a, a sacred masculine or a sacred feminine. It's not about sex all the time. Love is not all about sex all the time. Ask any married person. <laughs> Love is not about sex all the time. Love is about a feeling of divine impression 
of a positive nature over everything, everything. For the cup, for Mr. Crow, for Lasha the cat, for, for my students, for, for the grace within me, for the, for the molecules that make up my body, the love that I have for all of that is tremendously amplified beyond my ability to express it. It takes you over and you become a walking, talking grail of love an overflowing fountain of endless love for everything. And it's dangerous to have that in the Western society. I don't encourage you to have it. <laughs> I don't. <clears throat> Within the context of Kundalini though, the trust has to be so deep within kundalini for you to have this in a safe way. If you tell people that you have this quality in society, they will put you right into the psych ward. Straight up. Uh, I knew a woman who had the kundalini and she had the spinal sweep, she had the awakening and she fell in love with everyone. And her friends were very, they became very, very concerned. Her family became very, very concerned. It's just like, I'll just call her Helen. They would just say to each other, said, Helen is just too happy. She's way too happy. This is not right. You know, and this went on for like three weeks. This woman was in total bliss and, and, and in love with everything and just every aspect of life, every aspect, aspect of creation. She was so happy that it frightened her friends and family. And they arranged for her to be kidnapped by the medical authorities and placed into a psych ward. And eventually that went away. Be advised, okay? This is why being in a star chamber is so useful because you can literally just stay in your flat or your apartment or your home or your trailer or your RV or wherever you're staying. And you can have this without necessarily uh, moving into the social environment with it. Now, uh, Kundalini will move you. If she wants you to, to matriculate into the population, then she will. She will do that. And you will matriculate into that uh, society. But um, don't, I, I, would, I would advise you against making the choice yourself through that amazing level of incredible love and compassion and joining and union with everything. Uh, I would, I would, advise you to be very careful with that because this is so outside the norm for the unawakened society. 
that level of love is just too strong. It's too strong for them. And they will chafe. And after they chafe, they'll get afraid. And as they get afraid, they will try to control. Okay. So be advised, my friends. I hope that helped with your, with your question, sir. Any other questions about, about uh, Kundalini and relationship? Master Christmas, it's Gary. Hi. Hey, uh, you're, um, you're totally right on because, um, you know, my cousin who I grew up with, we knew each other since diapers. We've hung out together. Our families are very close. And as soon as my Kundalini activated, I start feeling intense levels of love and joy. And, and, you know, I would just out of the blue, if I was with him, I would just tell him, dude, I, I mean, I love you, man. I love you. And over time, he started really getting freaked out. And behind the scenes, he would start talking about that he thought that I was possessed. Yeah. Because he's very, you know, Christian. He believes in the word of the Bible only. And that, you know, this change in me had to be a possession. And so you're right. He went through the stages of like, whoa, what's going on? To this is annoying. To wait a minute. He needs help. To, you know, now I've sort of backed off and just kind of just put it in the background because you're right. It's higher level stuff and they can't handle it. They can't and handle it. And it's sad because all I want to do is just express that, like, man, I love you, dude. Or, you know, like my wife or my son or anyone that I feel. I just want to be able to tell them that. I love you. You just, you don't understand how much love I have for you. And I would, I would, I would limit that to your wife and son. Yes, I have, I have that going. <laughs> and, and your dog or your cat or your crow, if you have a crow. Right. So, so yeah, um, it's very important. Uh, thank you for bringing that up. That's a very, very important thing. And, and that is, ladies and gentlemen, that is a validation of the teachings that are being given today. Okay. Divine love is so powerful. It is so powerful. It will take you over. It will take you over and you will become a marionette to its will upon you. A marionette is a, a French word for, a, say, a puppet. Okay, you'll become a puppet. To divine love and this is not a bad thing it's, it's <laughs> divine love is one of the best things that that can happen to a person it's the most beautiful it's the most amazing beautiful quality and i want all of you to experience it every single one of you to experience it it's the most amazing quality of love but it's also very very far outside of the norm for humanity in the western uh, nations and you know, if you're living in England or if you're living in United States or Canada or Mexico, pretty much anywhere in the, in, in the, the ignorant, technologically um, inundated societies, you just need to be careful about how you do that. Okay. Need you to be careful how you, how you express it. Okay. So yeah, yeah, it's it's a very very real thing. Divine love, uh, and you don't need to have a partner for that. A partner can trigger it, um, 
but you don't need to have a partner for that. Kundalini does not require a partner. And that's something you need to understand. Kundalini is not partner-oriented, or it can be. It dis Kundalini being an intelligent, self-aware force of its own will determine how it wants to activate and awaken within the individual. You've got to remember it is self-aware. It listens to you. It knows what you, it's like that Santa Claus song, you know, he knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you're, it's very much like that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that translates into all languages, <laughs> but the words are, he knows when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows when you've been good or, or bad. So be good for goodness sake. I have no idea what that is. All right. Divine love is, a, is a, an extreme component of the Kundalini activation and awakening sequence. It is the divine love that will pull you forward towards the awakening within the activation sequence. It's the divine love that will reach its pinnacle when divine male and divine female join or merge within the human body. The crown will, will explode, but the crown, the crown and the heart are so connected that it's the person explodes from the chest on up. The heart has its own uh, neurons that are like brain cells. The heart has its own neural system and it will activate at virtually the same time that the crown does. The heart and the crown are very, very much connected. And so it is that divine love that will pull you towards greater levels of practice, that will pull you towards greater levels of self-discipline, that will pull you inexorably into the awakening. It's like the accretion a disc around a black hole. I don't know if people understand that analogy, but a, a black hole uh, is a is a star that has a really, really powerful gravitational field. And it starts pulling things in. And as it pulls matter into itself, you can see the accretion of the different levels of matter that collect on their way to being swallowed by the black hole. So it's like an accretion disk. And, and the black hole being that, that star is what divine love does within us. Okay, it pulls us, it pulls at us. It, it, it wants to consume us and we must allow that to occur. You know, and as you're being consumed, you can say, Kundalini, please keep me out of a psych ward. <laughs> you can say that. <laughs> and I know it sounds like a joke right now, but it's not a joke in the middle of the, of the activity. It's not a joke. Because you'll be totally out of control about what is happening to you and why and where and how. You'll be totally out of control with it. And that's as scary as it gets. Because you will not be in control of your body or your mind or your life. And that can be terrifying. 
terrifying. Okay. But you have to nurture your relationship with the Kundalini to the point where that can come. Because after that, after that spinal sweep and the merging of sacred male and sacred female, life takes on a very, very, very different quality. A very, a, a beautiful quality where you, you are introduced to new phenomena like the glistening. The glistening where a frosting of light covers everything. And everything is individuated to a huge degree. Even dust particles are individuated and, and, and have their own light around them. Where you can communicate telepathically with animals and insects and plants and those other interplexing realities. You can communicate with them. Now you can right now. So if you were to decide, okay, all right, all right. You know, he said about these, uh, I want to talk to fairies. Let's just say, I want to talk to the fairies. You can go out into a, a forest glade or, or, a, or a jungle or something and say, okay, fairies, I'm here. I'm open to you. I am here. All you have to say is that I am here because they've been here a lot longer than people have. And they don't have the same lifespan the short lifespan that people have. They've been alive for thousands of years. Um, somebody asked a question, does it usually follow the progression of the divine heart and then the glistening? The glistening is just a, uh, it's just a phenomenon. It's like a Kriya or it's like seeing entities. It, it, it's, it's nothing that you really want to attach to. It's something that you do want to allow to occur rather than wanting it to occur, okay? You don't want to go, oh God, I'm going to get the Kundalini so I can have the glistening. <laughs> no. It's to say, you know, I want to have Kundalini because I want to fly, I want to levitate. No. Um, and then, yes, that is usually the progression. Not always. Sometimes a specific kundalini phenomena will be used as a lure to help people do a practice better or more in a more consistent fashion. Uh, that happens at times. Yeah. Yeah. But for the most part, generally, typically speaking, the glistening will come after the awakening. Okay. Any other questions about this? All right, so I'll just continue. So as you practice your practice, whatever that may be, as you live your life, you must turn the expression of your life into a practice of grace. The safety protocols, do not allow for you not to for, for you to do otherwise. Every minute of your life lived is a practice towards Kundalini awakening. And within the awakened already, you're already awakened, it is a practice towards deeper, stronger levels of awakening. The awakening is an ocean. 
the activation is the land that you have to cross to get to the ocean. Some people have a shorter period of, 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 of crossing the land because of their karma. Some people have to, to cross the Sahara Desert before they can get you know, to, the, to the ocean. But the awakening is an ocean. It, it connects everything. And if you look at the ocean on this world, you know, you have the Pacific Ocean, you have the Atlantic Ocean. Those are just, those are just titles for humans. There's only one ocean. Okay. And it's all connected. <laughs> I got enough. the Adriatic Sea is connected to the Pacific, it's connected to the Atlantic, it's connected to the Indian Ocean. You know, it's all connected. It's one, just like the awakening is one. Think about that. As you cross the many mountains of the land and the earth, you cross over Mount Everest, you cross the Sahara Desert, you cross all these land masses in order to get to the oneness of the ocean. It's very similar to what is happening to you right now as you experience your Kundalini. Activation is part of it. Awakening is the totality of it. And I would have all of you experience the totality that Kundalini can bring. Moving on. When you live your life, you're forming relations within a Kundalini context. When you're living your life within a Kundalini context, you're forming relationship with everything around you. The formation of that relationship comes through your radiance. It comes through the radiance that the activated and awakened individual emits consciously and unconsciously. Okay, so you're walking through the grocery store and you're, you're emitting radiance over all the people in the store. It's, it's, for, a, for a Kundalini person, it's a very, very large footprint. Very large footprint. And that, that footprint of radiance covers other people. And so within the context of that footprint, you want to bring as much grace into your thoughts, into your relationship with your environment as you can. So that you're not putting in your own fight with jealousies, your own fight with competitions, your own fight with survival, your own fight. Move into your oneness with the divine love. Move into that divine love as much as you can. Let that love become the dominant energetic expression in your radiance. And feel it. You feel it all the time. It's a choice that you can make. She'll give you that choice. Not all the time, but most of the time, she'll give you that choice. Take 
the choice. Learn how to focus on love and happiness and joy. And yes, I understand. Within the activation sequence, you're going through a lot of changes. You're going through a lot of challenges, especially if you're in a star chamber. Okay. You're working on these areas of love and compassion and self-respect and survival and, you know, the myriad of issues that we have to deal with in order to survive on this world. But bring love into that context. Bring love, divine love, into that expression. There's nothing it cannot heal. Yes, it can even heal COVID. <laughs> okay, COVID is just a weaponized virus that wants to survive. Okay, bring the divine love into your kundalini relationship every day, all the time, as much as you can. You won't be able to do it consciously all the time at first, but as you practice it, you will. Don't be afraid to lend someone a helping hand. Don't be afraid to give a homeless person some money or, or, or food. Don't be afraid to give people directions to wherever they, they're asking you to go. Don't be afraid to be a helpful, kind, compassionate, caring person. It's important. This goes to the levels of selfless service. It's not always about serving yourself. It isn't. It's not always about, oh, let's serve Chrism. You know, let's, let's, I want to serve me for this. I want to be a billionaire. I want to have a yacht. I want to have a, a, a jet or a red air, a red car or a boat or whatever it is. Okay. It's not about you acquiring material items. It's about you acquiring divine expression divine inculcation. It's about you saturating your skeleton with divine molecules of grace. It's about you giving divine molecules of grace into other people in your radiance. This is a big deal because First of all, it's true. It's a true thing. And second of all, it involves you consciously coming into divine awareness rather than having divine awareness have to force itself upon you. It brings you into it consciously so that you are teaming up with your divine qualities rather than depending on phenomena to make that happen. I want your dependency upon phenomena, kundalini phenomena, extra sensory perceptive phenomena to go away. I don't want you to depend on that. I want you to engage your grace directly by making that choice. 
and then backing that choice up with actions. And one of those actions is divine love being expressed by you as much as you can. Just choose a few qualities like forgiveness and gratitude. So just practice forgiveness and gratitude every day for a week and see what happens. Forgiveness and gratitude every day for a week as much as possible. Put that in your radiance and see what happens. All right. It's been two hours and I don't want to, to uh, take you away from your sleep. Those of you in Europe, I see one of you is already asleep. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, when I get better at the podcast, you know, maybe put some music in to really lull you into your dream life. But I want to say thank you to everyone for joining. And I encourage you to come back next Sunday and we'll have another discussion about your Kundalini potentials and your Kundalini awakening experience. And thank you, everybody, for coming. Thank you. Thank okay, you, thank Master. You. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Thanks, Chris. Good night. Good night. Thank you.